All right, so hello, family. We'll, this has been a pretty fun Sunday. Uh, three of the gatherings, the earlier three gatherings, we had people in the room. And the last time that I had people in the room was 231 days ago, but who's counting? And that's because I was on sabbatical and, and before the, the lockdown. Um, the lockdown, though, has been taking place over the last 118 days. And so it's been quite a season. But today starts to mark a shift towards hopefully a, a more and more released future. We'll see how it all unfolds. But, but hopefully we'll continue to see limits lifted when, as we go through the, the, um, the end of this storm season. The storm season that has been the coronavirus, the, the COVID-19 uh, global pandemic. And so hopefully we're on our way out and, and, and it's going to take some time and I, and I get all that. It's not over. It's still, still going on. I get it. But things are relaxing. And so I think it's time now that we're experiencing a little bit more loosening, specifically being able to, to have some people gathering in a church. I think it's time to take stock, to take stock as a people and see, okay, Wow, that was no fun. How did we do? How did we do going through this, this pandemic? So today what I'm going to do is I'm going to start a two-part series on, on storm seasons. And, and really a, a, a message, part one, about are we storm season ready? Were we storm season ready? And will, will we be ready for the next storm season if that's what, if that's what our future is? Um, you look at the book of Revelation. In fact, last autumn, uh, I taught through the book of Revelation, and for all the weird and wild and, and all that was going on there, it was absolutely clear that the closer we get to the end, the more storm-type things are going to be happening in, in, in our world. Um, I think that this pandemic that we've gone through uh, was relatively light compared to anything that I'd seen in the, in the Bible, in, in the book of Revelation. It's also light compared to some of the things that our ancestors had to live through uh, in, in days past. Uh, I kind of think of this as a, a little bit of a checkup, a wee tester storm, and I'm not trying to minimize it, but in the grand scheme of things, including the book of Revelation and some of the, the things in the past, this was a little bit lighter version of an awful global event. But, but what I want us to start thinking about tonight and, and then in, in the week ahead is I want us to start thinking about how, how prepared we were. How prepared were we as God's people for a rather major storm season? And then I want us to start thinking about what adjustments that we can make to be more prepared for future storm seasons. With the result being that next time we will feel less shaken than we were this time. And more able to love our neighbors. To have more capacity, more, more freedom to be able to love, to love our neighbors. During the Welsh Revival, there was a preacher named Reverend Evan Hopkins, and he used to teach about three positions that people find themselves in when they're in storm seasons of life. And, and he used three words. Uh, the first word he said was struggling. The second word he said was clinging. And the third word was resting. There's three, three seasons, struggling, uh, clinging and resting, three ways that we can navigate storm seasons. And then he used the illustration of, of a shipwreck. When, when people are thrown into the sea, there's a storm and there's wind and waves and people are, are thrown into the sea. There's three different positions that people might be in. Some people are just in the water and they're struggling. They're trying to keep up. They're, 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 they need help. They're struggling. They need something. They need someone or something to grab onto. They're, they're struggling. 
That, that's, that's the first group. There, there's another group, though, and they're clinging. Maybe they found a piece of wood and they're, and they're holding on or, or grabbing onto an oar or a lifeboat. As long as it's not, it's not a door with rows on it, you know, you're going to be okay. And so, so they're grabbing on and, and they're, they're clinging on and, and they're going to be able to, they're going to be able to, to be safe themselves. But their, their, all their energy and strength is to hold on with, with all of their, their efforts. And they're not going to be able to help anybody else. They're just, they're just clinging on. That's the second group. The third group is the group that's resting. And they're like the people that are in, in the lifeboat. And, and they're, they're there. They're safe as well. They're going to make it just like the people who are clinging on. But they're in a much better position because they're in the lifeboat. And so they are able to now have the capacity to help people. Help people who are clinging on to things. Bring them into the boat. They're able to go and find those who are struggling and, and, and grab onto them and, and help them out into, into safer places. It's the ones who are resting that have the capacity to actually help people. So you've got these three words. You've got the words struggling, clinging, and, and resting. The, the question then for, for you tonight is which of these three words genuinely captures your experience in this lockdown era? And, and I'm, I'm sure that maybe it's a little bit better now. Hopefully it's a little bit better now or whatever. But when, when this storm that was the coronavirus, when this storm was at its worst in your life, which of these postures were you in? Were you struggling and you needed help? Were you, were you clinging on and it was all your effort just to keep going yourself, but you, you knew you were going to make it, but you just had to hold on? Or were you resting? Did you have the capacity to help other people? Now, this, this, this is only going to work if you're honest with yourself. I, I, I thought about in my notes, and I erased it when I realized what was going on, uh, of having people type in the chat, like, okay, I'm, I, was, I was in a struggling position, or I was in a resting position, but I don't know, I, I, I thought that might be a little bit too big of an ask, honesty, uh, and so uh, transparency. So I decided not to push it tonight, but, but what I, what I want to make sure is that you are going to be honest with yourself. And I, that's what we need to be right now if, as we're gonna, if we're going to get the most out of this, this conversation. We need you to be honest. Where were you when the storm was roughest? Were you struggling? Were you clinging? Or were you resting? The New Testament is, is very clear. You're going to have storms in your life. You're just going to have storms. Jesus is like in this world, you're going to have trouble, but don't be afraid because I've overcome the world. Um, most of the New Testament predictions in Revelation look like stormy type seasons and we're told not to be anxious and not to worry about all those things. The early church is experiencing waves of persecution and, and being prepared for those, those waves, those storms. Um, you, the writings of Paul and Peter and James and Oh, all the New Testament authors, John and, and Luke and I don't need to name the unnamed author of Hebrews, you know, all those guys, they're writing and they're writing into this context of people who are experiencing storm, storm eras, storm life. And, and a large emphasis on their, on their writings is to build your life on Jesus in such a way that you're going to be strong enough when the storms come. To build your life on Jesus, and the way that you build your life on Jesus is to, is to live how Jesus tells us to live. Not to just trust Him, but to trust Him by, by, change, by, by changing our behavior, by, by conforming the way that we live to be how He commands us to live. And if we do that, then we're going to be stronger to navigate storm seasons. 
And we'll be finding ourselves in more of a resting position where when storms come, we can then be ready to help others in those seasons. In fact, the whole Sermon on the Mount is, is kind of like this. The, Matthew chapter 5 through 7, Jesus is preaching and, and he's got all these topics. Worry, adultery, murder, anger, uh, lust, and, and I, those are all blended together. Uh, greed and, 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 and things like that all woven through the Sermon on the Mount. And then you... you you realize these aren't just isolated thoughts, um, isolated, you know, commands or advice or, or guidance from God, but you find out at the very end of the Sermon on the Mount that all of these things are, are, what, are what Jesus is telling us to do so that when the, when the difficult day comes, when the storm comes, you can stand, you, you can survive, you, can, you, you won't collapse. And because that, I know that's what Jesus was thinking because that's how he ends the sermon. He ends it with this way. In fact, let me read it for you. It's in Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse 24. And Jesus is he's, he's just wrapping up his, his preaching. And he says, therefore, or, you know, kind of in conclusion, in light of all this, everyone who hears these words of mine and, very important and, not just hearing. Yes, Jesus, good chat, good chat there. And acts on them and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock the rain fell the rivers rose and the winds blew and pounded the house pounded that house yet it didn't collapse because its foundation was on the rock who are those who's who are going to not collapse those who who are acting on the commands of, that Jesus has set out, who are acting on the revelation that he's been, been bringing. But, verse 26, but everyone who hears these, my, these words of mine and doesn't act on them, doesn't act on them, will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, the rivers rose, the winds blew and pounded that house, and it collapsed. And it collapsed with a great crash. With a great crash. Okay, so the claim of Jesus. The claim of Jesus is you, if you build your life on following him, not just for your salvation. Uh, sometimes people think, like, if, if I give my life to Jesus, they, I, I, they, they read through this passage and they're like, okay, I have built my life on the rock. I've built my life on Jesus because I've given my life to him. That's not what this is about. That's not what this parable is talking about. That's not what this, sorry, this, um, this word picture is talking about. This word picture is talking about obedience, acting on what, what God has called us to live. And, and, and Jesus is saying, if you act on what I've commanded you in purity and obedience and in holiness, not for yourselves, dead to yourselves, but alive living for me, not worrying about your, your clothes or what you'll eat, but, but trusting God, if you live this way, then you will stand strong. You will stand strong when the storm comes. And you won't collapse. Your life won't collapse. On the other hand, uh, those who uh, don't live this way, they are going to collapse. And as a result, they will be either in that struggling position and needing help, or in the clinging position, uh, just desperately holding on, but needing someone to, uh, you know, unable to help somebody else. Okay, so I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about this, and 
the Holy Spirit on Thursday led me to something. It's so random. It's so random and perfect. It could only be the Holy Spirit. I'm, I'm just going to call this out right away. I'm, I'm reading some news articles and, and, uh, and I, I notice on the side a, a picture on the side of a different news article. I don't know how you pick your news articles that you read, but I, I, I click by picture. And, and I saw this picture. And I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll, read, I'll read this article by Popular Science because of the picture. Here is, here is what, uh, here's the article here on the screen. The title of the article reads, Hurricanes Destroy Beachside Homes, But Not This One. Hurricanes Destroy Beachside Homes, But Not This One. And then the subtitle reads this, The engineering that helped one Mexico Beach, Florida house outlast Hurricane Michael. The engineering behind it. Now, I'm looking at this picture, and, and, and it's, ca- it's got my attention for, for two reasons. I mean, first of all, that is Matthew 7. It, doesn't that scream to you, Matthew chapter 7? That, that, that picture of the wise man built his house, and, and all the other houses have collapsed all around, and it's just, it's, just a, it's just a wasteland around them, and you've got one house that's not only standing, but it actually it looks pretty great. It, it's, it's, standing, it's standing strong, and it's in pretty decent shape. And, and then I started thinking about this. Okay, that, that must have been maybe, maybe like a tornado. You know, a tornado, how sometimes you see that they s- jump and they skip over things randomly. Like maybe that's what happened here. But that's not, that's not how hurricanes work, right? Hurricanes don't just jump over one house uh, on, on the beach. And so, okay, so I started, I wanted to know, okay, what happened here? What was going on that, that allowed the engineering behind this one house standing, standing strong? And, and what we discover is that it wasn't because a storm jumped, but this house was built differently before the storm. Now, that's a big word, and it is so essential. I want you to just type. I want you to type on the chat, before before, it's, it, this is essential, before the storm, this house was built differently. And because it was built differently, when the storm came, it could stand when all the other ones were crushed. Before the storm. Again, this article is just an amazing spiritual analogy straight from Matthew chapter 7. Uh, just making that point that before the storms in life hit, we're supposed to be building our lives on Jesus. Uh, following the Sermon on the Mount, following the writings of the New Testament. And, and the question that I wanted to know reading this article and for our lives as we assess this period is, what does it take? What does it take to be able to stand strong in any storm when so many others collapse? What does it take? What are the things that we need to pay attention to, to build before, before the storm, in order to stand strong while so many others collapse. Let me, let me tell you a little bit about this house and, and some things it says in this article. One of the features that is important for it to standing strong is, number one, deep foundations. Deep foundations. This house stands on concrete uh, pilings that lift the house 7.44 uh, meters in the air and then those pilings go down another 8.53 meters into the ground. Basically these pilings are over 16 meters, over 50 feet. These pilings are over 50 feet. The, this church building here, the, the roof is 36 and a half feet or something like that. About 36 and a half feet in here. 50 foot pilings, okay, going down from the base of this floor. Going deep. Going deep. 
Again, I, I don't even hard, need to hardly make the spiritual connection here. The, the, this is straight like the teachings of the Bible. A, as you assess this last season of your life, as you were about to go into the coronavirus season, were your foundations deep with God? Were they deep enough to, to keep you standing in this season? Or when the storm hit, when the storm hit, was your faith shaken? Was your faith shaken? Did you get angry at God? Did you turn on God? Did you lose your faith? Did you lose your peace and joy? Did, did you lose that grip on, you know, God, I trust you and, 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 and lead me forward? Or did you panic? How were your foundations with God? Everybody says when they're reading, when they read Matthew chapter 7, the wise man building a house on the rock, uh, everybody says, yeah, they've built their life on Jesus. Everybody says that. But the thing is, you only know if you've actually done it based on how you, how you navigate and handle the storms, storm seasons. Did you collapse in the storm season or did you stand strong and resiliently? That's how you know that you've actually, actually built your life on Jesus. Not just in faith for salvation, but in how you've lived. So how did you do? Did your, uh, were your foundations deep? Deep foundations. That's the first attribute of this house. The second attribute of this house that, that uh, stood the, the storm season, stood strong in the storm season, is uh, strong and loose. Strong and loose. One of, one of Kelly's, my wife's uh, phrases through the season is, be loose. Be loose. It just, just, just like, hey, let's just keep, keep loose here. The pilings of this house were, were deep, but I find this bit so interesting. The walls at the ground level, the ground level walls were intentionally designed to be loose so that they would break away in a storm. If the storm was really bad, the walls were intentionally designed to be able to break away. There was no structural support on those walls. Usually, houses are built on their walls, and, and there's, there's a lot of strength and support based on based on the walls but but not on this house on this house the only support the only strength was in the pilings there was no support in 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 the house they were designed to break away now if there was even just one wall that was like brick one wall that was slightly load-bearing in in any sort of way the house would have been wrecked it would have been damaged uh, it, the, the hurricane would have come, and even against just one wall, it would start, it would start pushing it and it pushing it until, until, it break, until it breaks, until, until it collapses. Um, th in order for this to work, all the walls had to be loose and, and, and to be able to break away. Uh, and, and, you know, thinking about life, you know, most houses, they're, they're built on their walls, but, but when it comes to life, you you might think, or I might think, we all might think that our lives are based on Jesus. But the question is, is our lives based on Jesus and something else? Is there like something else that's also kind of bearing the weight for our, our sanity and stability? Maybe relationships, maybe finances, maybe, maybe job situation, job security. Maybe, you know, are there, are there other things out there that are, that, are also, that are so important to your life that when those things get knocked out from your life, you're going to start to collapse? Yes, you're, you're based on Jesus, but Jesus and. Jesus and doesn't work in storm seasons. We're called to put all of our trust and faith in Jesus and, 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 and who he is and trusting him. And everything else is supposed to be held loosely. 
so that you know the job situation can can be blown away or the or the or the money situation can be blown away or or the relationship situation or your health situation your health situation can be blown away or 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 other people's health situation that they can be impacted that those things are held loosely so that they that when the storm comes and then they are blown away your house is not shaken it's not cracked because you're only rooted in in Jesus the more essential those other things are to your life and your sense of stability and togetherness, the, the more the storm is going to cause wreck and ruin in your life and, and shake you up. Our call to Je when it comes to following Jesus is to take up our cross daily to follow him, to not build our life both on Jesus and anything else. Only the piling rooted in Jesus, not the walls. That's number two. Strong and loose. Three, stronger in every hidden place. In fact, if you're, if you're out there typing, this is a big one. Every hidden place. Stronger in every hidden place. Go ahead and type that out. Strong in every hidden place. And in this house, there was an over-the-top attention to having some steel plates secured in the wooden planks in, in dozens of spots. These joints can now withstand three times the pressure uh, of the house itself. In the Sermon on the Mount and the letters in the New Testament, all those things are written about the, the real you. The real you. The, the you that nobody else sees. Uh, we, we often think about like the, the view, you know, do people perceive me this way or do they think that I'm some sort of spiritual person or whatever. The, but Jesus is writing and the Holy Spirit is working on and the, the Bible is writing to the real you. The, the secret you. The one that maybe you don't even fully know very well, but the one that Jesus knows exactly well. And, and it's in those hidden secret places that nobody else sees where, where we're called to, to be strong in, in all those hidden places. That's why we walk in obedience to Jesus uh, and, and we, say, we look at the Bible and we're like, okay, that's what the Bible says, that's how I'm going to live and, and nobody's going to know that I'm saying yes to this moment. Nobody's knowing that I'm not going to do this right now. Nobody's going to know this and, and, and so I'm going to be strong in the secret hidden places. Are you constantly at work attending to the secret hidden places of your life? Are, are you not, maybe you're reading the Bible, but are you, are you applying it in those secret places? We're talking about deep character stuff. We're talking about integrity stuff. We're talking about the when no one's looking stuff. Are you strong in every secret hidden place? If you are, it makes you more resilient for the storms when the storms come. That's number three. Number four. Number four, strong roof. In a hurricane, shingles become shrapnel. Uh, we don't want that in Glasgow. This house has an interlocking 26-gauge steel roof. 26-gauge steel roof. Uh, that's, that's strong. And it's not going to be ripped off in, in, in a hurricane. Okay, it's, it keeps a tight seal. It also has four sloping sides. Two sloping sides wouldn't make it as, as hurricane-proof, but the fact that it has four sloping sides ma makes a big difference. I guess the, the question when it comes to strong roof is, how is your covering? Is it strong? How is the roof of your life? Is it strong? Do you have people who are praying for you, who are covering you in prayer? 
My, my grandma was, was this mighty prayer warrior, and until the day she died, she was praying uh, for, for me and for, for all of her kids and, and grandkids uh, by name, day after day after day. Do you have someone in your life that's, that's covering you, that's bringing, bringing strength, a strong prayer covering? Uh, one Christian friend, four Christian friends who are praying for each other can powerfully cover each other in prayer. Uh, maybe your Bible group. Like, are you just kind of doing the prayer thing? Or are you, you going to be transparent and let them actually pray for you about things that really matter, things that are really struggling with? Are you willing to let down some of that guard, some of that pride, and let people cover you in the, in the powerful ways in prayer? If you have a good prayer covering, a strong prayer covering, it will help you in the day of the storm. It will help you in the day of the storm. Number four, strong roof. Fifthly, Unbreakable glass. Unbreakable glass. According to this article, I'm, I quote, I quote, one broken window. One broken window can be the difference between an intact home and a bare concrete slab. One broken window can be the difference between an intact home and a bare concrete slab. If hurricane winds, it goes on to describe, if hurricane winds uh, can get through even one window, even one window, it can cause a shift in the pressure that will blow the roof right off the house. One window. Even one window. The windows in this house, they have three panes in them. And, and none of them are glass. And they are unbreakable. It's, it's a, it's a three-paned uh, unbreakable uh, glass. Uh, they, they have been tested by launching two-by-fours. Beams of wood launching two-by-fours at them at 50 feet per second. And it's with, it withstood the, the impact of two two-by-fours at, launched at 50 feet per second at, at, at those wind speeds. These are unbreakable. Now you're looking at this one window, and it looks like it's broken. This is the bathroom window in this house. Uh, yeah, so one, the outside pane is the weakest pane, and it can shatter. Then there's, then there's another pane that's much, much stronger. And then there's a third pane that the, the most that could really happen with that third pane is it kind of spider webs a little bit. Or, or you know, cracks like a wind, windscreen or something like that. But, but these, these are wind, these are, these are unbreakable, considered unbreakable windows. The, the question I have for you is, are the windows in your life strong? Are the windows in your life strong? No open windows. No openings where the, the enemy can blow the roof off your life when the storm comes. Do, do you have an open window that, that leaves you susceptible to the pressure change when the pressures in your life change and you go from, from a normal day to a stressful day and that pressure shifts? The enemy has an open window to blow pressure into your life and to blow your roof off. What are those pressure points? What are those windows? What are those weak window moments? You know what yours is because when you're feeling stressed, that's where you feel tempted. You, maybe you feel drawn towards some sort of gambling addiction or towards you know, being mean or controlling or, or sexual sins or anything like that. You, you, you know what your open window is because that's your weak spots. Those are your weak spots. And, and the call, if you want to be a, living a storm-proof life, it, when the pressures are, are building and pressure is shifting in your life, to make sure that your windows are strong, that you board up the weak windows, that you replace weak windows with stronger windows so that your life doesn't get blown up, the roof doesn't get blown off your life uh, when, when the storm season comes. Close the windows. Close the windows, seal them tight, storm-proof your life, just as the New Testament keeps, keeps uh, directing us in so many ways. Sand straw. 
That's number five, unbreakable glass. Number six, attend to the edges. Attend to the edges. The corners of the house and, and the deck, that's where you get the most, most wind pressure. It acts like a crowbar, uh, just the wind pushing against the edges and the overhangs. Notice how shallow this deck is. This, this is a beautiful overlook over the sea and has the most shallow deck. This is not a party deck. This is not, this is not a social distancing friendly deck. This is, this is a very narrow deck. My, my first thought when I saw this deck is like, that's the deck? That, that, doesn't, that doesn't look like a fun deck. How am I going to get a barbecue out there? You know, what, what is going on with, with, with the deck in this house? Uh, this is a, a strategic deck. This, this is a, a deck that is designed to go the distance in a storm. You have this big party deck, it's going to blow, get blown right off. Now, now, this is about gray edges in your life, gray areas in your life. Attend to the gray areas of your life. Rein them in. Uh, if you have like a big party deck in your life that's just full of gray areas, just having lots of fun in these big gray areas, that is just going to get blown off when the, when the storm comes. It's going to start wrecking your house. It's going to damage your house. Reign in the gray areas of your life. Don't let the gray areas ruin your house when, when the storms come. Attend to them. Reign them in. That's, that's number six. Number seven, practical backup resources. Okay, as you can see, there's the house standing strong. Everything else is decimated all around it, right? The, 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 all the infrastructure to this house has been taken out as everything else collapsed. There's no power. There's no water, there's no sewer, there, there, none of that infrastructure is, is going on with this house. It's all been destroyed, all the stuff around it. So they need to be prepared, and they need to have this backup generator to keep the power going, fresh water, bottled water to, to, uh, to have water. Uh, they, have, they need to have practical backup resources. Now in the Bible, we are told to live by faith and to trust Jesus and, and to live uh, without worry and trust Him. But we're also called to, wi to wisdom, to being wise, to being wise. And there's books in the Bible dedicated towards, towards being wise. Practically speaking, it's, it's also good to ask yourself, okay, am I trusting Jesus? Sure. But am I also living with wisdom in, in before the storm hits? Do you have, for example, that three to six month savings that will cover your, your life if things, if things fall apart because a storm uh, creeps up? I mean, I don't know if, I don't know if that's where that's written, but it seems like my family throughout the generations has always been, you, you know, the, encouraging you to have that three to six month savings. That, that's great wisdom because when the, when the storm uh, comes against your house, may, maybe you're able to stand. Maybe you're able to stand strong because you're deeply rooted in Jesus and you've attended to all the gray areas and all that kind of stuff. But the infrastructure's gone and you kind of need that power generator or, or the bottled water to, to kind of keep going. And so, so that, some of that just practical, the practical stuff can be the difference between resting and able to help other people or struggling. Just, just some of that practical, that practical stuff. Some people in the normal days, they, they are, they're, they're, not, they're not only not building up savings for, for, the, for the troubled days, they're, they're living in, they're, they're building up debt. And so if you can't handle life even financially with the basics month by month, uh, by making decisions when life is normal, how do you expect to navigate it when things just blow up, when there's a storm that, that comes against your life? I encourage you to be, to be shrewd, to be wise before the storm season and be practically prepared, practical backup resources. Okay, so that's, that's with this. That's number seven. 
And number eight, 20% more in advance. And this is, this is how much this house costs, more than the other houses in the area. 20% more in advance. There is a cost that Jesus calls us to pay when it comes to obeying him and, and following him. If you're following Jesus rightly, it's going gonna, it's gonna to cost you more financially. It's going to cost you more time. It's going to cost you more mind energy. It's going gonna, it's gonna to cost you more. In order for this house to be storm ready, they spent 20% more building this place than, than anyone else in the whole area was uh, was willing to spend or thought it worth spending. So you've got all these houses. Everybody seems fine. Everybody, they're living in their house. They're having a good time. They look at that party deck time. You know that's super fun. We've got a great, great, um, great environment. You know everybody's happy at the beach. Everybody's always happy at the beach. Not true, but we'll just say that with a story here. And and you've got these nice homes and everything. And one person, only one of them, spends twenty percent more. Uh, before anything happens. And everybody else is looking around like, what, why are you wasting all that money when you could be having a party deck like ours? Or why are you wasting all that money when you, when you could be out enjoying with, with that same money, like just more here on, on the beach? But, but that one person who paid 20% more on the right things, more than anyone else, was the only one that was storm ready when the time came. And, and, and it paid off. You can't compare yourself to other people. That's, that's, not, how we're, that's not how we're designed here. To, are, the question is, are you running wholeheartedly after Jesus? Are you running after him with integrity, willing to pay the cost? If you bring your offering, you're going to be living off of less money than the person who has the same job, the same income, uh, that's not bringing their offering. But, but that's just part of paying the cost. It's part of just paying that 20% more in advance in faith for when that day comes. If you're going to spend time with Jesus, that's time that you don't have for other things. But that's sort of paying it in advance. Paying in advance. If you're committed to church and you're, you're serving on Sundays, uh, then that's, that's time that other people are using on, on, on other things, but you're spending it, investing it in Jesus. That's 20% paid down in advance. The storm-ready life is the one that is able to rest in the storm, rest in the storm, because it, in advance it is invested in the right places. It's, it's, paid the, it's paid the price at the right times with integrity, with godliness, prioritizing the God stuff. The storm-ready life is the one that's resting and not struggling or, or clinging on. It's, it's been, it's been uh, strategic in its use of its resources. That's number eight. And the last one, the final one, is number nine. Protected their neighbor. They protected their neighbor. It seems the only reason why the house behind the storm-ready house stayed standing was because it was shielded from the storm by, by its neighbor. Everything that stuck out past the storm-ready house was ruined. It was blown away. The party deck, ruined. It just ruined. And, and because of that, it damaged the side of, of, the, of the neighbor's house and all that stuff. But, but the, what we want to see here is that one storm-ready house didn't just stand strong when, when all of the others collapsed. But because it stood strong in the hurricane, it was able to protect its neighbor. It was able to keep its neighbor from collapsing because it was storm-ready. 
And I love this. This is how we're called to live, to, to actually follow Jesus, to follow Jesus, to walk in his ways, to be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, according to Ephesians chapter 6, putting on the full armor of God, Ephesians chapter 6, with truth, with righteousness, with, with faith, with salvation, with readiness, with the word of God, with, with prayer. Uh, we're, we're putting on the full armor of God, and we live like this so that we're prepared for the storm seasons. And we live like this not only so that we're prepared, but so that when those storm seasons on unfold, we are resting in the boat and have capacity to save and rescue and help those who are around us in our lives. We live like this so that when the storm comes, it's, it's not just about holding on, it's, but it's about being able to love our neighbor. To be able to love our neighbor well in helpful, practical ways so they don't collapse either. We want to be people in the lifeboat. In the same storm, for sure. We're in the same storm, but we're able to protect those who are crashing, and search for those who are drowning in the wind and the waves. Today's message is just part one. It's part one of a two-part message. This is kind of an introduction. And I hope, though, that even in this introduction, you, you, you're assessing. You're able to start assessing your life and, and how ready you were before the coronavirus pandemic blew up, before the storm came. Were you ready for this storm season? Or did it take you out of bed? And you found yourself struggling or clinging. And that's fine. This is not about shame or, 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 or blame or anything like this. This is just a pure assess moment. This is, this is one of the most important moments of this whole season. Your, your whole season could have been a disaster of struggling and having to be rescued and rescued and rescued. But right now, you're able to stop and just think about your, your, your era and how prepared you were and what it will take for you to be more prepared for the next time. And, and this moment could make all the difference for all of your future. Maybe you had it rough, but you could be setting up a great future for yourself. Other people could have had a very easy time during this pandemic, but um, get lazy. And, and things start to erode. And they start building party decks. And start doing things that, that are going to set them up for a, a bigger crash next time. So what I'm trying to do right now is, is to set us up to, to be wise to what has happened, to learn those lessons, and then be more prepared for the next time. Again, this, this takes some honesty, some self-honesty, and yeah, self-honesty. The challenge for today is I want you to go through these points, these nine points, and I want you to do some honest heart evaluation. And the best way to do an honest heart evaluation is a 1 to 10 scale. That, that, there's nothing that says honest more than a 1 to 10 scale. So I want you to go through a 1 to 10 scale uh, and go through each one of these things. And I want you to write down, okay, what things need to be addressed to make you more storm ready in the future. Again, don't beat yourself up about how prepared or not prepared. Let it just be the learning experience. The, the storm came, Matthew chapter 7, and it blue and beat against against your life and you know if you didn't stand okay well it's time to it's time to rebuild again no guilt here we'll pick up from this as we dive deeper next week if the lord allows but i want to leave you with a verse from ephesians chapter 6 i've been talking about ephesians 6 the putting on the full armor of god and and paul says this in verse 13 he says for this reason take up the full armor of god you know, truth and faith and salvation and righteousness and prayer and all those things. Uh, take up the full armor of God 
Why? So that you may be able to resist in the evil day. Or so that you may be able to stand in the day of evil. Or so you may may be able to stand in the day of the storm. In the intensity of the storm. Why do you take up the full armor of God? Faith in all those things. So that you can stand in the day of the storms. You can resist in the evil day. And having, it says, and having prepared everything... That's in advance. Having prepared, past tense, having prepared everything, which is what we've been talking about today, having prepared everything to take your stand, stand. Having prepared everything to take your stand, now stand. And be like that house that is, that is prepared, that it's ready be- beforehand, and it's deeply anchored in God and able to be stand, stand through any, any storm. 